What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Or left 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. (laughs) There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. That's good. 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 Box beat. Eagles. Who can forget? Gannon looking again. Those up the middle. It's intercepted at the Derek 40. Derrick Brooks 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derrick Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. So, hi. So, hi. That's it, Jeff. That's, that's your new thing. So, hi. That's, that's it. Well, we're in year three, so they know who we are. So. I don't have to yell every time, do I? N- no, I, as, pref- I prefer if you don't. As but. Pee Wee Herman would say, you don't have to yell. Pee Wee Herman. I mean, okay, so it's a, we'll go down. It's the Salty Dogs podcast. Yes, hello. The Salty Dogs are Scott Smith. That's me. Yep, I'm Jeff Ryan. And we talk about the Buccaneers mostly. And that's the fun part about this podcast, at least for me. That's the reason. The, oh. How do you pronounce that? The raison See, I could spell it, but I can't. Have can't no idea. It. Have no idea. It's. I think it's a French term for the, the things reasons reason for existence. I like it. So, all right, <clears throat> here we go. So yeah, we're 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 here. And Jeff is, and I are here to talk about Buccaneer stuff. Yeah, and this is a fun week because because padded practice time. Yeah, so that we're the best. We're going to talk about that. We're going to have a guest on, and that's going to be um, sixth round draft pick Khalil Davis, defensive tackle. I'm looking forward to that. <clears throat> I am too. And we'll answer some questions at the end. And like always. All right, let's pick up the pace here. I feel right, like right, a, okay. I feel so, like a, you know I, that's that's a good I, point because coach is coach cares very much about tempo mm-hmm. and pace out there. We definitely have to pick it up right yeah. here, right okay. now. Okay, yeah, or otherwise he's going to make us run afterwards, like he did to the defense. Today. There you go. Did you hear yeah, about that? Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. So I, I had to leave because I had to come up for the video conferences. Okay. Well, there was a. I was still down there at a point when. Um, Somebody and I, he started yelling at the defense and made them run. They were probably at about the one twenty-five yard line, and they had to sprint all the way down to the other end zone and then back because he was mad at them because they did not pursue the person who caught the ball. Right. Because in a practice like this, you don't really tackle a guy. Mm-hmm. So um, if you see your teammate touch a guy, you think you did. That guy probably will still keep running. Mm-hmm. The receivers and running backs often just keep running, even though they would have been down. He wants everybody pursuing, you know, unless the play sure. is that, unless it's been clear that, that the play yeah. is over. And apparently that has happened a couple times in the last couple of days. And so he was clearly setting a tone with that. And then on his Zoom talk afterwards, which was right after practice, he was asked about that. And he said, yeah, the defense is still out there running right now because <laughs> he made him run more after practice. Got to catch that ball. It was that, was that, um, was, was that the one where, where Mike Evans was all – Jacked up, saying how you have to catch that ball. You got to no, catch that ball. No, no, this was this was when the defense failed to pursue a guy that had caught a ball. Oh, okay. I don't think I saw the one you did. Yeah, the one I was talk. I'm talking about is a defensive. Um, I don't remember the number, but anyways, had a perfect interception oh. and dropped the ball. And and Mike Evans was like, "You got to catch that." And I'm yeah. like, "Wait a minute, you're the wide receiver." <laughs> yeah. yeah, easy for you to yeah. say. Who knew? One of the greatest wide receivers yeah. there is. You, Who knew? It's uh, that basic. You got to catch the ball. But Jeff, the the coaches, Coach Bulls and Coach Arians, have harped on that all off season, mm-hmm. and as recently as like two days ago, that that the team did a good job of making turnover 
potential turnover opportunities, but they just didn't hold on to enough of them. Right, and then you give them another play. And that's why the Buccaneers led the league in passes defensed over the last eight games of the season, and maybe the whole season now that I think about it, but they were especially great in the last eight games of the season. Most passes knocked down, but they weren't near the lead for interceptions. You, right. you want to close that gap. It's the same thing as like a pass rusher gets quarterback pressures or he gets sacks. You know, he gets a quarterback hit or a sack. You want to turn as many of your quarterback hits into sacks as possible, but it doesn't always happen that way. Mm-hmm. So that's what he wanted. So uh, what else we got? Well, it's, we usually like to start with any hard news, right? Right. The only thing we really have is that uh, Kyle Love signed the defensive tackle. Kyle Love, former Actually came in with the Patriots. He did. Was a teammate of Tom Brady. Carolina Panther, if I recall. Yeah, for about five years. And mm-hmm. uh, right up through last year, um, you know, a good depth guy. Um, Coach Day said he did. He was pretty disruptive. He's a really big dude. Mm-hmm. So I could see him anchoring. You know, the depth at DT isn't, or D-line as we call him, isn't that bad. I mean, you already had Sue, Vea, Golston. I think I said I was concerned about the depth. You did. So okay. you were perhaps right on that hmm. one. Raheem Nunez, or Nacho as mm-hmm. we call him, who, by the way, I did not realize was such a trash talker on the field. Really? Apparently he was like, he's been the number one trash talker on the field. Oh, I liked it. Uh, and, and it works because he also apparently plays like with high energy and is all out on every play, which coach likes. And so if you're not also going all out, you're going to get exposed and you're also going to get trash talked to. Yeah, the beauty of it is it, you can trash talk if you perform. Yeah. That's, that's the that's, good part. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't, I was never much of a trash talker in athletics. No, you? but you are now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I can outperform you here. Well, you think I've been very nice. Remember, I am a paid professional. <laughs> that's true. I've never been uh, a radio no, you personality. Have, no, no. I've been on the radio. But you are, yes. Well, you are a, uh, a uh, um, your personality in your own right in oh, Buccaneers.com. You. you started it. You were one of the original Buccaneers.com people. I did start Buccaneers.com. As a writer and then transitioned over to uh, video and now podcasting. And uh, That's the top of the mountain right there, Jeff, podcasting. Well, listen. Easy to do TV because uh, the pictures are being shown. Radio, you got to draw the pictures. Well, plus words. I think I have a face for radio. You and me both. That's um, why I've done this for so long. <laughs> did you see the very unhappy news about Gerald McCoy? I did, and um, that sucks. It it does, and interesting enough, I shot him a text, and um, I just was kind of like. Um, that was yeah, nice. Yeah, just like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm really sorry. Uh, you did know. he answer? Uh, he did. Oh, he did. I well, what uh, what I basically said is, hey, man, prayers for you, my friend. Okay. That's what I that's okay. what I sent him. Yeah. And he came back and he said, Jr., I'm great. You know, you know, there's always a plan. Uh, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Well, and so, uh, uh, you know, I just mean no player wants to lose their season. From, no. It certainly it's not, and I don't mean to to hint that this is what you and he were talking about, but it doesn't hurt him financially. He still gets... No, no. He still gets the $9 million guaranteed that's in his contract. Yeah, he was... He was Most mo- of it. Yeah, he was more... Um, he, 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 it was more of, hey, as much as I want to play, there's there's, there's a bigger it. thing in it. And, and he did say he'll be back. Yeah, well, I would assume so. So, a ruptured quad, from what I understand. That mm-hmm. sounds painful. Yes, yes. Yeah. I've Especially, had a quad that hurts before. Mm-hmm. And that's bad enough, but to rupture it, yikes! Well, and just the word "rupture" is kind and, of and, bracing. And, and their quads are a little thicker. Little, <laughs> yeah, just they, saying, you it, know, it must have really ruptured. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying "rupture" too often. I'm beginning to not like I that word anymore. Yeah, okay, it's an ugly word. Okay, if you if you so, say, let's talk about some more Buccaneer stuff. Cool. 
I'm there. One of the big stories that we knew would be the case in this camp is who is going to be the third receiver. Mm-hmm. And uh, I should say, I've been asked that question in mailbags several times over the last couple months, and I usually start with a little bit of what I guess would be a little bit of a cop-out answer in that there isn't necessarily, at least at the beginning, going to be one guy that's the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. You could use Scotty Miller. You could use Justin Watson. When he gets back on the field, you could use Tyler Johnson or Brian Mitchell. Or you could have different packages for different guys. Right. That seemed to make sense to me, and I, I've been writing that several times, and I was very happy to hear Bruce Arians say that same thing a couple days ago. Made me feel like I knew what I was talking about. You did. That being said, I think most teams would like to be able to identify one guy, like we had Brashad Perryman in that role Mm -hmm. all year last year, as your guy that takes the the vast majority of your third receiver snaps. And those guys are in the news every day. They're being talked about a lot, especially Scotty Miller and Justin Watson. You know, coach came out the other day and said Justin Watson's having a great camp. Mm-hmm. So, he, so here you got here you got Justin Watson, who's kind of like Mike Evans sized, right. maybe a little bit smaller, and then you got Scotty Miller, who came in the league at a, you know 170 pounds, five eleven, one seventy, if you believe that height, right. and um, and he said today that he actually last year struggled at times not to dip into the one sixties because it's just a struggle for him to keep the weight on. So you got Justin Watson here. He comes in about. I don't know if they put a number on it, but but eight, maybe eight to ten pounds lighter, and he appears faster. He ran twenty one miles per hour. Uh, uh, you know, we know that because yeah. of that catapult system right. uh, the other day, and then you got Scotty Miller came in with more um, muscle and more weight. He, he's he's hoping to play this year at one hundred and eighty. So one guy got bigger, one guy slimmed down, and they both look very fast. Yes. So coach is saying about Scotty Miller that his speed is showing up every day, and I can confirm I've seen that. I haven't seen every snap of practice, but I've seen several Scotty well, Miller getting open deep plays. And see, last year he was playing fast, even though his technique wasn't the best, and now his technique is better, is better and so he looks even faster. You know what I love is when – you, you hear a lot about guys saying, or maybe coaches saying, yeah, they just they know the game better, their techniques better, but you don't hear the details. Mm-mm. I like when occasionally, from a coach especially, you hear a specific detail. Like for today, Scotty Miller, Coach Kevin Garver was saying he's better at getting off of his presses. Right. Because he generally, because he's so fast, as a rookie, his idea basically was just try to sprint around him mm-hmm. to the outside wide every time. Um, one thing, you'd want to have variety, and for another thing, that doesn't always work. So now he says he's... Kevin Garver, you wouldn't think patience would be something you'd want in beating a press. You'd think it'd be immediate. Right. But he means patience, I guess, in going into whatever his move's going to be, setting up the defender a little bit and keeping him guessing, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Make the defender go one way where you're going to go to the other, yeah. but he doesn't know you're going Fool. that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little rope to dope. There. I imagine if every single time on a press you, you did the same wide, thing, yeah. Gonna know. Guy standing there going, oh, well, so here go this way, right? <laughs> He's coming to the outside. <laughs> But we do know that happens. So I guess it's like anything else. Is the more you practice, the better you get. Yeah. And they're very, very high on, on Scotty Miller. I, when he was on the Salty Dogs, I, I, I just like, how can you not like this guy? I mean, seriously. <laughs> they're all like, I mean, Justin Watson well, is a very likable guy. Very much so. Very much so. <laughs> Bryant Mitchell, who's in the competition, might be the most likable guy on this whole dang game. I know. I so hope he stays healthy. Yes. Um, yeah, that's what happened to him last, last year. He was year. having a good camp and then yep. he tore Achilles in the preseason oh. opener. Um so Mike Evans was talking today, and mm-hmm. he was saying how great Justin Watson looks. So it's not just one coach trying to talk him up, right? Um, so you know, getting back to one guy putting on weight, one guy taking some off. Kevin Garver said both those guys came back in great shape and ready to work. So 
they had no problem with the acclimation period and they had no problem once we get here, start running and putting on pads, which is good because if you're slowed, then all your progress is going to be slowed, mm -hmm. right? So um, some people had a harder time using that quarantine time to get themselves in whatever shape they wanted to be in, bigger, smaller, mm -hmm. better shape. But these two guys apparently had no trouble with that whatsoever. No, no. Scotty Miller was saying that, uh, <clears throat> you know, whether you hang out in someone's garage or they come to your garage to, to lift weights. Got to find a way. Got to find a way to get it done. Yeah, you'd admire that. I mean, that's certainly hunger. Uh, and and <laughs> the, the fact that this year, yeah, I mean, it, this could this is career changing. This yeah. could be a career changing year for those younger guys. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but it's good. It, it makes you feel better because you come in with those with Mike and Chris, and you know you're great at the top two, and you just don't know how it's going to shake out after that. But we're already starting to see some guys stand out, and that's yeah. good. Yeah. <clears throat> also, in a very similar way, um, Anthony Nelson is apparently doing very well. Mm -hmm. um, and, he was on a good Zoom yesterday, and he is another guy who is in a position where the top two are obviously among the league's best in Shaq and JPP, and then everybody after that is very inexperienced, including him, because he's played about nine, eight or nine NFL games. From the midpoint of last season on, he played 16 snaps because he was out for all but one game. Mm -hmm. um, so he he doesn't have much experience, doesn't have a sack yet, although he did have a forced fumble. Um, <clears throat> but they love what he's doing. They think he looks great. And they think um, Larry Foote said in, in the attempt to replace what Carl Nassib brought to you, that Anthony is the guy. That's the way you put it. He is the guy. Well, that's big shoes. But, I mean, it also is good to sort of – he's not saying, well, you know, Anthony Nelson is a good candidate, but we got all these other young guys too. He basically said Anthony Nelson's the guy, so they're expecting him to win that third spot in the rotation, which takes the vast majority of the snaps that the other two guys don't take. The fourth guy doesn't get a ton mm -hmm. in most games. Uh, and he said everybody else is fighting for one bone. Now – that would lead you to believe there's going to be four outside linebackers on the team. I think what that probably means is four outside linebackers active on game day. Because last year we carried more than four quite a bit. At the mm -hmm. end of the year we had six of them. But a lot of them weren't playing. You know, I think obviously Cousin got promoted. I think Quentin Bell might have got promoted. But they really weren't playing. They were just there for depth and if somebody was available. I, I think this year is going to be – you're going to have to be really, really good at knowing who to keep up and who to keep <laughs> down because you just – because of – all that's going There's on. There's going to be a lot of back and yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah. A lot of back and forth. Um, which, I mean, all, but the only plus side to that, if you could consider this a plus, is everybody's in the same situation. It's not like just the Buccaneers that you're hoping that, you know, you don't have to move people up and down. I think that's just the way the league's going to be this year. There's just no other way around it. Hopefully less than more, but you got to be ready for more. It's going to it's going to be like any season when you think of injuries. There's always mm -hmm. some teams that get hit a lot worse and some teams that are very fortunate, and it's not really a surprise when the teams that are more fortunate with injuries are the ones at the top of the standings. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a big part of it every year, so just expand that to include COVID. Some teams are going to be more fortunate than others. Unless... This crazy plan succeeds, and it, it doesn't become a problem for anybody because right now the NFL is down to 12 players on COVID list. That's pretty darn good. Uh, next two weeks. <clears throat> That's what you think? Yeah. I think the next two weeks is going to really be the tell of, of where, we're, where we're at. Um, teams are practicing. They're practicing uh, with pads. There's no mask on when you're, we're tackling with each other. And so in, in, in that vein um, – you're really going to get a good feel for, for how guys are doing. Well, all of those things, like tackling each mm -hmm. other and not wearing masks on the field, 
are all normal yep. in a normal year, and they are not anything to worry about if nobody has the COVID. So the point is, you got to keep it out of the building, right? And and being tested every day, right? Tested every day. It, and it it looks good, but we talked about this yesterday, or yesterday last week. But we're not going to keep going on it. It's what you do outside the building when right. you go home, and the people that you surround yourself with. And it seems like everyone's kind of, you know, a lot of guys a have young, job of it. yeah, they, so lot, far, yeah, guys have young families, so they're really, really concerned. So you see, you see, it, it. I think it's being taken seriously, and that's huge. You know, yeah. when you look around, um, it's interesting to watch what coaches wear masks and when they wear a mask. You know, depending on it, when they when you start seeing guys get close, you see the mask come on. You know. Uh, very impressed with, with how people have been treating it so, so far, last couple of days. The important thing is to take this virus situation seriously. Well, it's a thought, kind of a that, lark, but it's a thought. That, those have been good words to live by, like what? last March, yeah. at the beginning of summer. I, I don't have time for this. <laughs> you don't want to get political, Jeff? No, I don't have time for this. It'll drive me nuts. Hey, you know, this is my second show of the day. It is. Well, so I just wanted to plug and make sure fans know that we're doing Yes, this. you're doing a big TV show live wow. at camp. Yeah, I just think training the, camp live. Yeah, the interesting thing about training camp live now is uh, it's not just 20 or 30 minutes of Casey and I talking mm-hmm. about topics and answering fan questions. We have a camera on the field. We like to show as much action as we can. We have to stop when they they get to team action. It's just it's we're, the rule. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna pull the curtain back a little bit. This is a this is a huge TV production. Dual cameras. Uh, you have a producer and a truck behind you. They're doing remote cameras. And the really cool thing is you and Casey both have these little cool fans that clip to the back of your shorts. <laughs> you and really blow, are pulling back And blows cold air up their back. I wasn't so going to tell do, anybody that. Do not feel bad when you're going, wow, Scott and Casey really are struggling out there in that heat. It's still That's, very hot. Oh, BS. That, you got those fans. Your shirt in the back is bellowing like a sail. It works well for it, it works well sometimes and not other times. It, it was a very nice thing for Dan Roy to get for us. It's the coolest twenty dollar item I've ever I think seen. Twenty five, whatever. It so is. it's a little box. And yes. it, 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 you turn it on and fan blows air upwards, and you clip it to your belt. And then you're supposed to clip your shirt into it so that it keeps it out, so that there's yeah, so room you, for the air to blow yeah. up. And it works okay sometimes. Uh, Casey, I think it's worked better. I think she's enjoyed it. I didn't even put it on today. Yeah. I just thought it was funny when I saw him doing it. But it is a really cool production, and I think it's 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 great that, uh, you know, well, Coach is is allowing it because everything we do, you know, football has to approve, and, and they're very gracious in that. And the fact that you have a remote camera – that you guys can go ahead and shoot behind you to give a little insight because people are used to being able to come to the yeah, training camp yeah. and they can't come. Yeah, and, right and we can't show them everything they would have seen at a normal no. camp. No. But because that's the case now, teams are treating this more like uh, regular season practices mm-hmm. where they don't really want reporting uh, of specifics on things that happen. Because, and I think this makes sense because in a normal training camp, you would spend a good portion of your camp really not game planning, but laying the foundation. Mm-hmm. Now, with the way things are, you can actually start preparing for your first few games a little earlier, and you could do some more specific game planning and honing in on the plays that you're going to use. And in that, because you can do that, it does make sense to restrict what sure. is shown. If you're not putting your game plan in now, you're in trouble because it's three <laughs> weeks out. And, wow. and, and when you think about it, what's the biggest game in preseason? Your third week. Yeah. So this week would be the second week. Right. Then next week would be third. So... This is this is a, a totally different. Yeah, and 
from a coaching standpoint, I believe they're preparing for at least two or three games. Mm. They they won't they won't throw that on the players because they no. want to focus on the first yeah. one. But it'll help them be prepared for game two and mm. game three. So that's Carolina, and then what? Is game three the Rams? Yeah. Um, no, it can't be the Rams. No, it's Denver. Denver, good call. I have to think. It's uh, away home. Yeah, away. I knew it was an away game, and I knew the Rams were here, so yeah. I knew it couldn't be the Rams. Yeah. Um, so good call there on your part. So, uh, and more on that, we also have highlight packages. We break for highlight yeah. packages. We show you some action from the day before. Um, we have graphics with numbers that Casey and I can talk about. There's a lot that's going into it this year, so I encourage people to watch. And unless it changes, it's every day from. At the start of practice, eight thirty, and we go for about forty-five minutes. Yeah, so it's it's check great. it out. You can watch it on Facebook. You can mm-hmm. watch it on YouTube. You can watch it on Buccaneers.com. But on the first two, you can also send in questions. And you want, yeah, well, you can watch it on your app. You can watch it on your app because I don't, can, I don't know if you can send in questions that way or not. No, you can't. But what I do is is uh, I'm watching practice on the other end of the field, but I'm watching what you guys are doing oh, no just kidding. in case you're throwing something out there that I don't know about today. Um, uh, Jason Turner, who helps us with the show too, mm-hmm. was sitting there and he was kind of. Helping spot things, because we're staring at the cameras. Sure. And he pointed out that Clyde Christensen had the quarterbacks working with wet balls today. You know, that wet ball drill. Yeah, oh, yeah. He was soaking the footballs and making them throw wet footballs, which, I mean, we're looking out across this great lobby and out through that giant football, and what's it doing again right now, Jeff? Well, it's raining. And wait, what time is it? Uh, two o'clock. So we'd be in the second quarter of a game? Yep. A one o'clock game right now, and this is like every day. Or under some head coaches, we'd be getting ready to go have practice right now. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> it does. I digress. <laughs> and we've had a lot of different. We've had a lot of varieties. But oh man, this one clearly makes sense. Eight thirty in the morning. You, I am all about getting up and rolling in and getting your work done. Getting the field, and by ten o'clock, we're off and we're doing press conference. And well, gives you. Ten fifteen today. Yeah, it gets fifteen minutes. I get your point. Yeah, gives you time in the afternoon to do fun stuff like this. So, got anything else? I got one more thing to talk about. Go ahead, one more. We're we're at about the twenty-one minute mark. So go. We have been asked. I think it was a question. I think it was one of these mailbag questions. Mm -hmm. Asked about those catapult systems. Sure. Those those black harnesses, and we we did explain in general terms. Total fashion thing statement at all. <laughs> well, when you're Jordan Whitehead with your giant arms, you you walk out there yeah. just the whole time. All, all I'll say, all I'll say about about that is Mike Evans was all excited because I think he said he was running 21 miles an hour. I today. was going to get to that. Okay, yes. I'm, I'm sorry. Am I? No, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. That's a good point because yeah, Mike Evans says he had the fastest track time today, which was 21 miles per hour. So he he, he was clearly proud of. Oh, that. very much so. He didn't waste any time bringing it up, which I think is pretty cool that they that. Uh, another quick aspect of that, um, they also can tell you if you're working more off your left leg you, or your right you leg. you just want to read my notes? Well, you're you, doing a good job. But you got to remember, I'm looking at the same press conferences as you are. I mean, I, I realize you don't think I absorb very much, but I'm looking at the same stuff yeah. you are. But can, I'm sorry. Both I, um, Here, I'm just rambling on. I don't know I'll if be it was, quiet. who brought it up first. Maybe it was, I think it was Bruce and then Mike also brought it up. And the coach said they can tell you if a player is working one leg harder than yes. the other one. Yes. And so they, if so, and then Mike was talking about if if they tell you that, then they adjust your weight room workouts. Like maybe we need to strengthen up this hip mm-hmm. or something. That's incredible. It, it's what's amazing about it, and we talked a little bit about it last week, especially here, is how much activity you are doing and how do we make it right because as time goes on your body kind of wears down in the season is and so it's amazing that i i don't know who does the analytics on it we've got people here well i know there's people here but 
I'm just saying. Yeah, talk about crunching. Says, talk about crunching numbers. Yeah, well, as you well, you should as the top man on the totem pole. Coach Arians has it has it best because he doesn't have to break down any of the data. Mm-hmm. They just come and tell him, "Hey, yeah, this we, is need, we, we need to work Mike Evans' right leg a little harder, <laughs> a little less." <laughs> so this is where it gets kind of minority reportish. Okay, you've seen that movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's a great movie. Um, Are you going to recite a line? No, okay. it's an adaptation of a Philip K. Dick movie as a, a book, as a lot of great science fiction movies are. And um, uh, in it, Tom Cruise, the main character, is on a police force that predicts crime. Mm-hmm. So they call it pre-crime. Sure. So they they are able to predict a crime is going to happen and get there and arrest the person before Be- they actually commit the crime. Yes. Which... Well, if you think about it too much, isn't really fair. And so it, he ends up fighting the system. I think Colin Farrell is mm-hmm. the guy chasing him. It's a very, very good movie. Oh, okay. Um, so they say that with this data, they can tell you if a player seems to be imminent to having injury. an injury. Really? If an injury is imminent. Now, I don't think that probably means that uh, they'll be able to say, okay, Mike, well, I don't want to use anybody's names because I don't want to no. jinx everybody. Bob player, Smith. Player A. Yeah, Bob Smith, uh, if he keeps going the way he's going, two days from now he's going to pop a hamstring or something. Mm-hmm. Like that. But they can say these conditions put this player at danger of, right. of injuries. And so they're predicting when a player is in danger of an imminent injury and and altering things so that it doesn't happen, which is pretty darn amazing, right? It's, it's, it's actually mind-boggling when you think about it. And, and But the other side is how excited the players are buying into it. I, I would. Because it, well, sure, it's your livelihood. Yeah, if it's yeah. Mike, listen, you've got to change this or you're going to pull. And maybe sometimes they need to have it proven to them. You mm-hmm. know? But, yeah. Uh, you know, Bob Smith comes back in and said, they told me if I kept doing that, I would pop a hamstring. And sure enough, I did. And everybody else is listening going, okay, we better listen to this. But you know most players, the thing that they lock on is, how fast was I going? <laughs> yeah, they, they do like that part of it. <laughs> It can tell you how fast you were running, also well, how hard you were running, which but, I guess is two different things. Yeah, but see, that's how they hook you. They give you the fun fact there you before go. <laughs> they hit you with the hard stuff. I know how they work. Yeah, so Mike ran 21 miles per hour today. Yeah, Justin Evans great. has hit that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so everybody's really loving I that. I want to wear one. I think both of us, I, you know what? <laughs> We're going to have to work that out. So you reached a top speed of four miles yeah, per hour I, today, Jeff. I'd love, I'd love for the both of us to wear it and see how fast we actually could go. Can we rewind to like 1995 yeah. for this, please? I'd probably go pretty fast for about the first 20 yards, and then that hammy will pop mm. big time. But. I got, I, got uh, uh, I did have John Idzik time me in the 40-yard dash one time in yep. my 20s. Uh, what'd you do? 4.9. Hmm. Pretty good. That's not terrible. Pretty good for a guy your size. Uh, yeah, but then you have uh, the guy we're about to talk to today. I don't know if you looked it up. We're gonna. I, I was looking up some stuff, so I'd be ready for, for interviewing him yeah. and or talking to him. And uh, he ran a four seven five at three hundred points. Sure. Three ten. Yeah, at the like combine. That. Yeah. He, he said in his interview after the draft, they asked him about Tristan Wirfs, and he's like, "Yeah, I saw him. I couldn't believe he ran that fast because I think Tristan ran like a four eight yeah. five. He said, "I told myself I gotta run faster than Tristan Wirfs." <laughs> And he did. He did. That's crazy. It's pretty good. So, All right, well, let's go let's get Let's talk to him. Let's right? go get the Zoom fired up. All right, let's do that. This is the end of our first segment, so goodbye. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast for our second segment, and it's always our favorite segment because it's when we get our guest with us. I continue to be Scott Smith. And I'm still Jeff Ryan, and the best part about this is that Scott doesn't talk as much, so... That's the exciting part about this. And our guest today from the University of Nebraska, defensive lineman Khalil Davis, 
a rookie getting his first taste in the NFL. Khalil, thanks, first of all, for your time. But how do you feel right now? I know you've already had a, a really hot practice, lifted weights. How are you feeling? Pretty good. I'm, I'm starting to get used to the heat. So uh, every day is getting a little bit better. But that heat is no joke out here. So you really got to hydrate him. How much worse is it than Nebraska or Kansas City? It's like six, seven times worse. Cause, <laughs> I mean, it's humid there, but the humidity here is, is different. That I was just going to say, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. So, Khalil, you got drafted by the Bucks. I'm sure that was exciting. And you and your brother, Carlos, were both waiting to hear. So you get drafted in the sixth round, right? Yes, and Car Carlos hadn't been taken yet. Now, were you torn between hoping that he would – you wanted him to get the experience of being drafted, which he did, but if he didn't get drafted, there was a chance he could come here. Yeah, there, there was a – so after I got my name called – I had, well, like, it was a quick, like, as soon as it happened, I was, like, immediately back to him. So I was waiting on him to get his call. But in between that, there was uh, some talk of, like, teams calling him and wanting him to come here or go to Miami to be close to each other. But um, um, thankfully, you know, a team took a chance on him, and he was able to go to a really good program. So, yeah. He's Pittsburgh, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Which is, which is nice because he was born before you, but you get drafted before him. <laughs> so now you're tied. Yeah, yeah. So now we're just we're – just the uh, playing field is just leveled out a little bit more. So yeah. Now the question is, let's see, he's five minutes older than you? Yes. And In that so, range, like and, – And so you got drafted how many more minutes than he did? <laughs> I'd say about 15. There you go. 15 you minutes. Win. You win. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Nebraska guys, you're now a teammate with Indomitian Sue and Levante David, and, and obviously those are superstars at this level. I mean, how much fun has it been to come and, and you know, interact with those guys? I'm sure you knew all about them before you got here. Yeah, it's, it was definitely the first couple of days, like, I had to take a step back and be like, man, like, I, I'm, I'm sitting with these guys in the same room. I'm interacting with these guys. Like, I, I really didn't know how to act. But the first, like, after a week or two, they kind of started to say some things to me. And Sue, he's been real helpful. I, I try to go up to him and ask him, you know, like, what's something new I can learn from you today and stuff like that. But he's he's uh, he's been helping me a lot, and he's been a good role model to watch and learn from. So I'm just taking it day by day and trying to learn and see from what those guys do at practice every day. What are you playing out there on so far? I know you've only had a few practices so far, but where are they playing you? Because you played all over the line at Nebraska. Yeah, I'm mainly playing uh, three tech right now. So, but sometimes I, I'm in that range from a four to a three. Uh, and, uh, and the way our defense is set up here, so I can go to a three, go to a four, depending on. But you're comfortable with all that. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, you, I played, even, you even rushed off the edge some in Nebraska, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I played a lot of five tech in, in college, so. No, I'm, there's nowhere I'm uncomfortable on the line. So you, you're what, about 6'1", and so you've got O-Lyman 6'5", and most people will go, well, that's, that's your disadvantage. But you've proven that that is actually an advantage for you. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, well one, I'm like everybody thinks like it's funny that you say it because they think it's a disadvantage for me, which sometimes it is, but – a lot of the time it's advantage for me because I'm playing lower. I'm always playing lower than them, and I'm faster than most guys. So 
I can get around those guys quicker, and sometimes I can just rip right under those guys and get through. So it's a, a lot of the times if I play super low, it's hard for them to get to my chest and get to me. So I just got to do a good job of staying down. But it's definitely an advantage for me when I'm playing low, really low. What'd you What'd you run at the combine? Four seven five. Oh, was that was that around <laughs> what your goal was? Did you hit your goal? I really thought I was gonna run like four nine. <laughs> wow, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, my my trainer he was he was telling us we were running five flats the whole time, so uh, we didn't know. We were thought we were gonna run a five or a four nine. So I heard you being I heard you being asked about that right after you were drafted. How's a guy you, as big as you have speed like that and agility? And, and part of your answer was you played so many different sports as a kid. I think I remember swimming being one of them. I, I we've talked about this before. We're I think Jeff and I are both of the opinion that nowadays there's a lot of specialized parents often have their kids just play one sport and pour a lot of effort into maybe baseball or whatever. Do you think maybe it's an advantage to let these kids play a lot of different things? I think it is one because you know when you're that young you don't know which sport that you like it and if you just um, make the kid do one sport they don't really know if they want to do anything else so I think it's good to just throw them in certain things and a lot of those things they correlate at some point in what they do so um, you can you take things from each one and put it into football so all those other things that I did helped me with the, the little things that as being a defensive lineman so it was. I remember swimming. What else was it? It was swimming, um, track. Oh, um, wow. I did running and uh, the discus and chocolate. Okay. Um, and swimming was a, a, a good part of that, but that was before I got to uh, – that was when I was younger, 8, 9, and 10 in that range. But all those sports helped me at some point. That's cool. It's, it's early in camp, but what's the one thing that – surprised you maybe surprise isn't the word but what is the one thing that you went huh i didn't think about this for camp uh one was the heat (laughs) back to that like it's it's so it's so bad here like if you think you're drinking enough water you're never drinking enough like i constantly have to drink water and drink pedialyte or else and the the, the main thing is you don't want to get hurt so i'm always drinking water always doing that stuff but the other thing that I didn't think about was I didn't realize like how many like superstars I'm, I'm playing with or around wow and it's kind of just helped me like okay you're here with these guys you, you know you can be just like them if you just put your head down and work every day so yeah it's not always like this either um it, there's a real sense that this roster now for the Bucks is really loaded right now and uh yeah. it, it, it's you know it's obviously they won it we've won a super bowl we've been to the playoffs in the past but there's been ups and downs and it just seems like right now this roster is as loaded as, as it's ever been so i mean that, that's got to be fun to join that right yeah it is it's definitely uh fun to even just like see tom brady and uh, you know, all those guys just around here Gronk, just seeing them around it's like man i can I could be a part of this if I just yeah. keep my head down and work. So, just just so you know, Scott and I have been around for a, for a little bit. We've seen a lot of Buccaneer football, and the last two days, we've gotten a couple oohs and ahs of watching practice, and we're really excited about this. So, I can see yeah. where you're coming from. 
we only got you for a couple more minutes. So I wanted to ask you real quick. You know, one of the reasons we we've been starting our podcast guests this year with with the rookies is the community here hasn't really had much of an opportunity to get to know you guys yet, especially because of all the quarantining. Um, I think I saw that you are very interested in getting involved in community work, specifically with children. Is that, is that a passion of yours? Yes, it is. I love, that's, that's what I would be doing if I wasn't playing football or fishing. I would, <laughs> I'm, at some point, I'm going to go work with kids and either whether it's in, you know, foster care or teaching or coaching, it'll be something of that. So you're a fisherman. Big see, fisherman. now he says he's a fisherman, so I got to brag. Can you see that? <laughs> Hold on. Is that, a, uh, is that a bass? No, that's a grouper. Have you, Wait, have you, done, have have you done that? Go ahead. I haven't, I haven't experienced that, that saltwater fishing yet, so I gotta, this is a perfect place to do that. Yeah, exactly. A, well, well, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure you find a good place. What's I'm your expertise? What type of fishing is your expertise? Bass fishing. That's, that's wow. where I'm mostly, I love to fish for bass, so. Awesome. He's a finesse fisherman. Yep. Yeah, I see. Well, Jeff, you're from Blue Springs, Missouri, right? You're from Blue Springs? Yes. Suburb of Kansas City? Yes, sir. Little known fact, Jeff, I lived in Blue Springs for a short period of time. So there's, we've got that connection there. So when you left, it really went up. So it improved. <laughs> Is that it? I was an intern for the Chiefs. Were you a Chiefs fan growing up? Come on. It's hard not to be. Like, if you're that close, that, everybody's that's, a Chiefs fan. That's the best answer ever. He looked at, it, he looked at you, Scott, and went, come on. Oh, I do that man. all the time to him. Come on. <laughs> well, there were some great Chiefs back then, but that was a yeah. while ago. So anyway, uh, Khalil, once again, I know you're in the middle of a very busy and uh, a, a tiring day. So thank you for your time. We really appreciate it, and we hope to get to meet you soon. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. The Salty Dogs. Okay, and we're back here for our third segment. As you can see, I, I did away with the muted openings. Yes, I noticed this. It was just a one-time thing. Mm -hmm. uh, that was fun with Khalil. It was a great time. Uh, very it, nice. Very and, we, and thank we. So everybody knows is there's so many there. There are a lot of restrictions, and the players are being really, really gracious to figure out when they can do with the salty dogs, and it's in between basically their lunch. It's yeah. right after practice. Then it was today, at least. Yeah, then he had to lift weights, and I and, think last week Deuce actually found time at the end of the day. Yeah, and yeah, late late in the day. So, so it yeah. is, it, you know, we, we appreciate them taking sure. time because the, the schedule is pretty tight. Yep, and it gives and it gives you guys, you guys being you that are listening, an opportunity to a little insight of our our new players. Yeah, I hope so. we get an opportunity to know them all a lot more in person. Uh, that I can't wait. That's I, you know what? It's funny, I. That's the hardest adjustment I'm having is not the interaction with the players and, and being able to develop some kind of relationship with them. And an example was um, Sunday I, I came to get tested, and as I was leaving, um, Cam Brate came walking by, and we were social distancing of far course. away, you of course. Be, because he's I was, tier one, you had to be I had like a, 10 feet away. I was, I really was. And we were basically yelling. Yeah, I know you were. But he was like, he, he was like, Jeff, it's, you know, I don't see you around. What's going on? Yeah. I go, I, I'm not in the T, you yeah. know, I didn't make the cut. We can't go down and, there. And he goes, yeah, that really sucks. I said, yeah, that's the hardest part about building a relationship. And he goes, yeah. 
I said, but at least we have Zoom. And he goes, uh, puts his thumb down. Yeah, I'm not oh, a big man. fan of Zoom. And it, and it does make interviewing harder because you can't read body language yeah. so well. Right. And so, but. But we do appreciate the guys taking Absolutely. The time. And hopefully we'll get back to uh, personal. Uh, we also appreciate the fans who take the time to send in questions. Action. And we don't need to do Zoom. We can just. You just read the questions. I'm going to read these questions. All right. I'm putting on these rain glasses I totally don't need. I see. Um. This is a very nice and brief question. All right. Uh, and I, the name sounds familiar, so I think in years past, he might have gotten questioned before. His name's Todd Birchfield All from right. Lake Penasofsky, Florida. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Which is in Sumter County. He, he manages to tell me here. Mm-hmm. Really, his name, his credentials are almost as long as the question. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine words in the question. Okay. Eight in the credentials. Very good. All right, salty ones. How are the place kickers looking so far? I'm going to let you start because I haven't seen much of it. Have you seen any of it? Yeah, they were kicking today. Okay, was it while we're on the show? Um, no, it was near the end. Oh. Um, I came up a little bit early. They, um, I don't think anybody missed. No, they, no one did miss. And uh, an interesting sidebar, we were standing there. And someone goes, gosh, remember when we never really paid much attention to whether the kicker could kick or not? That's really what you would like to do. You would like to be ignoring the <laughs> yeah, kicker. No, but, I mean, everybody was focused on yeah. just watching, you know. Uh, so, But they, they, they looked, both of them, uh, they looked good. To, everybody Dick's probably side. knows that one of those two is Matt, Matt Gay, Gay, who was mm-hmm. the kicker last year mm-hmm. in a 2019 fifth-round draft pick. The other one is Elliot Fry, mm-hmm. who uh, I think he's been in Carolina. Maybe one other place. He hasn't kicked in a, in a regular season game yet, but he's he's been on a couple rosters. Good. It was good. It was good competition and a lot of yelling and screaming. And oh, he, they were doing it, that to him. Yeah, they they were they were lining up and okay. making. I mean, and the real to deal. Them. Yeah, didn't. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and they look so, good today. But yes, uh, I did not. As if I recall correctly, no one missed today, okay. and they were moving him back and back. Yeah, that's yes. what he's really doing. Yep. The other day, I saw Matt Gay working by himself, as kickers often end up mm-hmm. doing, while uh, the other players are having the more fun on the other fields. And if you could picture a kicker with, okay, so his foot is planted, his his plant foot is planted, and then he swings his foot through, kicks the ball right. Imagine taking that process down and breaking it into parts, and then doing it over and over again. Like the moment when your foot is hitting the ball on the ground, I think it probably hits the ground too. He would just stand in there doing it over and over and over again, just that one part of the mm-hmm. swing. And then he did another part of the swing, which I found interesting. I mean, I, I think that's a matter of, of trying to establish muscle memory, right? Exactly. That's exactly you what it is. You stand there and do it this way 10 times in a row, and then when, when the heat is on, you're, you're not even thinking about it. You just, don't, that's the this way you is, do it. It's like a golf swing. And right. I do think he has a pretty simple and uh, form, mm-hmm. and he's good at repeating it, which is really what you I think what you need to – Poor Roberto Aguayo. We don't want to kick dirt on, on a guy that struggled no. here, but he had a pretty complicated-looking kicking delivery. He it, it changed every every kick. It was oh, never the same. Yeah, and I think when it's more complicated, it's hard to replicate, yeah. right? Yeah, and that was one of the things that even in college, they were like, you need to, but he was kicking so well, he was kicking well. that you go, well, I guess that's how it works. So. Yeah, and I'm sure there are kickers that can succeed mm-hmm. that way, but I would think you're making your level difficulty harder for yourself. Yeah, but I, I would say right now, like everyone, and, and the fact that we're getting a question about the kickers just mm-hmm. tells you where we're at with that situation. You know, it's a last year there was a competition between Matt Gay and the incumbent veteran. Um, that's the sound of me snapping my fingers. I know. I I'm trying to remember. Uh, We've had so many, I can't. <laughs> the guy from the Chiefs. 
Oh, what was his this name? This is sad. That's fine. Continue. Um, so he, those two were competing, and if you recall, uh, Matt Gay was f- fantastic in training camp last year, but um, he was being matched kick for kick by this guy. <laughs> I cannot believe I can't think of his name. I can't either. Now I'm. I, just, and I know there's people listening to this. They're right screaming. screaming the name at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You can you're going to email us the name for next week, and we'll update you. I mean, we could Google it. I but, mean, I think I bet yeah. you it comes to me before we're even done here. Mm-hmm. Or if I look it up. Sure. Um, so, anyway, this year it's the same. Now, this time he's got competition again, and it's Elliot Fry. Right. Not as established, but that really doesn't matter. You know, they're going to kick the guy that's that performs the best. But I think it is tougher for Fry to unseat the incumbent when you have no games. because yes. And like you said, they're down there yelling at him. They're trying to recreate a game atmosphere, but you can't really completely re- recreate a game atmosphere. Or make the stakes seem that high. <laughs> that high. You all right? Yeah. So, um, you know, it, 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 I, and I don't mean, really, I'm not singling out Elliot Fry. I'm just saying anybody in a situation like that where you're in a head-to-head competition trying to unseat the incumbent, it's going to be harder this year without a chance to prove yourself in games, mm-hmm. I would think. You would hope, right? Yeah. So, uh, we have another question from, I, you know... This guy is great. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna Cairo make, Santos. Cairo Santos. And you I, know, I was totally stalling there, trying to let it come to my mind. You know, you know where I got that from? Uh, a website. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a guy named Scott Smith wrote a story <laughs> about it. I got it right here. I'm not even. I'm not even lying. <laughs> That's I'm making, funny. It's, it's your story. Cairo Scott Smith knows who it is. <laughs> <laughs> I knew thank, then. Thank you, Scott Smith. Oh, if I, I only knew now what well, I knew then. Well, there, but. But in fairness to both of us, if you have to, that could be the ultimate trivia question. Name the kickers in the last four years. That, yeah, okay. You got. Um, you don't have to. I'm just saying that. You got Pat Murray. Mm-hmm. You have Roberto Aguayo. Connor Barth before that. Uh, who's the guy from the Bills? Whatever. Look, I couldn't remember. Last year, so, so. you know, I, next question I, again. I don't like to. I felt like Warren Sapp there for a second. Next question. <laughs> Our friend from Sao Paulo, Brazil, Alexander, um, is is very nice to send in questions a lot, and we don't get to all of them. But I thought this was a good one, um, and it really isn't because it's a great question, but it is, brings up a really good topic. Okay. As I listened to your new newest episodes and knew you had a few questions, I couldn't help myself and had to make one of mine. What have you thought about the new pewter bucks uniforms? I've just loved. And congrats for whoever's responsible getting back to the new old jerseys, new slash old jerseys. I, I love them. Can't say any more. I, I, I totally agree with what I you just said. Absolutely I absolutely love do those alternate pewter jerseys. Mm-hmm. I think it's our best look. I hope we wear them to the absolute limit we can. Which you're I think talking you're talking the pewter on pewter. Yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, they are. That that is that is a and no one else has that look. And the, yeah, anywhere. No no confusing anybody else about hey, if you just I gotcha. Hit I, didn't, your butt. I didn't use my cough button. I know. That's all right. Uh but yes, I totally agree. I mean, I like all the looks, but if you have to, if you have to pick a favorite, that the pewter on pewter is my favorite. Well, like you said, it is the newest thing because there are a lot of people, and I think I'm among them, that are pleased that we went back to the Super Bowl era yes. look for the most yep. part. Yep. 
Um, there are some stuff of new stuff incorporated, but it's, it's pretty close to being the Super Bowl. And I understand like. why we why there was a different look, and we weren't the only team that no, went a lot with of teams a different went that direction. And and you know, a little. I mean, this is my opinion. There's a little bit of a look too. Is at one time it was um, Reebok making your uniforms, and Nike took over. Well, they weren't going to produce just what. That's another true. company yeah. was. So I think that played a lot in a lot of uniform changes. Yeah, try to push the envelope a little sure. bit, try to do something nobody's yeah, done something before. Yeah, something different. Yeah. Um but I think I think the, going like, back and I think going back was a was a bold decision to go back and, and like you I'm said glad they did. Around the time we did it, several other teams also kind of come up with what I guess you might call more modern mm-hmm. looks. Yeah. And now there seems to be a trend more towards going back to the classics. Um which you've seen also in like Baseball stadiums. Yep. They they all became cookie cutter for a while, and then and now they went back to trying to make them look like more classic ballparks. So I think people appreciate that. Every now and then people want to go back to the classics, yep. right? So, yes, that's I why they That's why they tune in the Salty Dogs, a couple old classics. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> nice connection. So, yes, the old uniform, old slash new uniforms mm-hmm. are great. I think yep. it was a great move, but the pewter ones are the new thing. And they look great, I think, and so I'm really excited about those. Me too. Couldn't agree. More. So, all righty. Right. I couldn't agree. Okay. I cannot agree with you, Scott. Yeah. I am incapable of agreeing yes. with you. Finally, something I agree on with you. All right. This question, I have to admit, was not sent in specifically for Salty Dogs. Oh. It was sent in for the mailbag, and I will answer it in the mailbag, too, because I don't know if the person that wrote this in sure. is going to listen to the podcast, and he deserve, he or she, let's see, I don't have a name here. I don't know if there was a name, but I didn't get it on this piece of paper. Mm-hmm. All right. Scott, and I'm going to I'm going to have some visual aids here in a moment. So let me right. do. This. I was looking through best photos from Bucks training camp practice August 16th, and I'll stop here to say, if you want to see some photos, we do this every day. We, our great photographers are out there, yep, and we're putting up a collection of really good images, and every single day. I think the one for today is already up. As a matter of fact, they get it up pretty quickly. Uh, and found the I there were th- there were 56 of them and found the image 33 out of 56 very disturbing. And I, I read them like disturbing, <laughs> you know, somebody somebody broke break a leg or something. <laughs> he says it's a picture of number 25 and then in parentheses I won't say the name to protect the guilty. Well, if you're going to tell us the number, right, we're going to know who it is. Exactly. Although I will admit there are two 25s on the roster. That's right. right. Now. So one of them is a rookie safety named Javon Hagan. He is not the person being referred to here. All right. The other one is Lashawn McCoy. Oh. Shady. The the NFL's leader in yards from scrimmage mm-hmm. since 2009. Sure. A very accomplished player. And he says, carrying the ball like a loaf of bread. Oh. I know that's not what the coaches are teaching. He says, high and tight. That made me want to ask the question. What are you seeing in camp that makes you think we'll see a reduction in turnovers and penalties this year? It'd be a shame to continue to waste all this talent with Bucks beating Bucks. Also, kudos to the photographer on number 45 out of 56. What a classic. Speed on speed. Who won? Thanks, as always. And I didn't get the name, so <laughs> I'll put the name in the mailbag. Uh, so starting with this LaShawn McCoy picture, do you see this? I do. Okay, so you see what he's talking about there? Yeah. He's making a cut to his left. The ball's in his right hand, and he's got it kind of crooked along his arm, but his arm is separate from his body, so it's out here. Right. Yes, that is obviously not the... Uh, technique that a running backs coach would teach a running back they generally want them here some of them like them more up right. like upright like this do you want your point fingers over the point of the ball you want in the crook of your elbow right yeah but it as you're running down it, you've seen every running back do this it's every now and then the ball you do swing your arm it's a balanced thing 
or it's I've read some I read up on this. I read some suggestions that and maybe he said this at some point, that's why the the author thought so, that McCoy somewhat does this on purpose mm-hmm. because when you are carrying the ball like that, like when you're in the open field and you're and a defender's approaching, they see the ball out there, they focus on the ball, not your not your torso right. and they they they, they go that direction, and it makes it easier for him to fake him out. Could if, it, he, if he's going at that level, that's impressive. But could it also be that I'm standing up now to show you? Okay, is that he has it? Okay, he takes it. Could the photo be deceiving? That's another thing that he's in motion yeah. of bringing it in. It's possible, and so because when they click, they they're not like you and me. They go click click. They go. Yeah, right. They and just then chose they pick, this image. Exactly. Yeah. And so could it be in motion photo? A photo, is that's very true. You see it all the time. It can be very deceptive. Sometimes the guy will have a look on his face mm-hmm. like he's pissed off and it's right. just because you caught him in, in, as his face Mid, was moving, right. right? Right. That's possible, although there isn't a quarterback anywhere in this frame that would have mm-hmm. just handed him the ball. He might have caught it. Right. You know, He might have caught it and is swinging around. Uh-huh. That That's conceivable, but... On reading up on this, it is clear that LaShawn does sometimes does that. carry the it's ball. Does that? It's his style. Okay. Um, and, you know, it's kind of the thing you were talking about with the kicker. If, if you don't really love his technique, but it works, you don't fix yeah. it. Or if a batter has a real funky batting stance. You what's, his, what's his fumble ratio? Very good question, Jeff. Thank you. According to the article I read, career-wise, it's 0.8, which I, mean, I think means 0.8% of his carries, mm-hmm. which is not bad. No. That would not indicate a fumble problem. Yeah. As an example, it's a lower fumble per carry career-wise than Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I don't pretty, think anybody ever talks pretty, about them having that's pretty strong. Uh, that's a pretty strong um, he, company. Uh, I think LaShawn had a couple fumbles for the Chiefs, which was a very high-profile team last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. And uh, I think they were just high profile. You have two fumbles that's re- all season. That's really not indicative of a huge problem, although he did have a relatively low number of carries. Um, but you, they just, they're glaring. You're like, yeah. oh, well, he probably. And then the next time you see him carry it like that, you're like, well, that's mm-hmm. the problem. Well, well, also also in fairness there, I think the, the running back that they ended up bringing up was on special teams, and, and all of a sudden they realized how good he was. Damian Williams? Yeah, I think maybe. It, in any case. I mean, um, anyways, but yeah. He... Yeah, I, I mean, I, and, it's pretty clear that there are times when LaShawn carries the ball like that, mm-hmm. and he's not the only one. So by now, the way. you know, now during practice tomorrow, I'm going to watch that. I am going to, I am, I am, I'm going to focus on that. By the way, he re- re- references another picture the questioner did that he thought was great, and it, boy, it, I hadn't seen this one. I hadn't looked through this gallery. This picture is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Can you see from over there? Because uh, you're very far away because of social distancing. Right. It looks to me, it's definitely Jamel Dean who's diving. And I guess that's Justin Watson. Um, so Justin Watson is, looks like he's in full stride. It could be Scotty Miller, but that looks like a seven. It's, it'd be easier to tell if he were standing straight up because Justin's a lot taller. But he's kind of stretched out. And it looks to me like Jamel Dean is making an incredible diving pass yeah, breakup. Yeah. And he wants to know who won that. I didn't <laughs> see this rep personally. No. You can't tell because the ball's still hanging there. And maybe, maybe the receiver did catch it. In any case, that, I, 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 I will say that's an interesting question he's asking, but out of 56 photos and asking who watched this and that, <laughs> there's just so much going on at practice that a lot of times you're not look, you're looking at different things, yeah, depending on what you're, you're... I would take it as a compliment, Jeff. It, it means the questioner believes that, in this case me, but it could be you, was standing there 
absorbing everything and remembers everything. Well, which that's is certainly true. not the case. But that's true. I, I think I would have remembered this play if I'd have seen it. Well, the photographer probably doesn't even remember it. What a fantastic picture that yeah. is! It's number forty-five out of fifty-six mm-hmm. on August sixteenth. If you want to check, we got it out. some. We got some great. We got some good Buccaneer shooters. There's no question. Yeah, and and action photography. That's not easy to do. No. Nope. So um, this is an impressive shot. And there's but thank you ones. for the question. I can't wait to see how you answer it in the mailbag. Pretty much the same way I just okay. did. And, and I'll use some of your points too, maybe. All right. Give you a little credit. Yay. So that's it. That's our questions for the week. Fans, remember, we love your questions. You can send them in to us uh, at Salty Dogs. Uh, uh, salty Dogs at Buccaneers.nfl.com. There's two C's and two E's in Buccaneers. Okay. Only one in. Mm-hmm. There's a U in there. Right after the B. Put it all together. <laughs> what do you got? Winning. Don't forget the .nfl.com part. Oh, that's the hard part. We just really have complicated emails here. We do. We do. But that's that's the way it is. Are you done? I'm done, Jeff. All right. I'm looking forward to Is that to the way you're going to put it? What? Are, are you done? Well, I don't know. Are you know done because, down there? Well, I don't know because sometimes, I, you know, like, I don't know how hey, many wait. questions you have. No, that's it. That's all the questions. And this is the third and final segment. So if you'd like to take us out, feel free. Since you did, thanks for listening. <laughs>